just before. I know, I know. What a, what a Friday! It's amazing. I love all this discussion. It's so rich. Oh, I know. It's like it's amazing, and uh, and and the the, the cast was uh, was amazing. Yeah, Fridays have been really good for especially for like what we're doing. Um, you know, just NFT fashion and stuff. Um, there's been tons of like. I don't know. It, it seems like every week it's just growing more and more of interest uh, within the fashion space, which is really cool. Yes, we uh, we need to change this world and to uh, change the rules and to do uh, amazing things. Yeah. And push the limits. And I will tell you, you're at like the forefront of that. Every time I look at your sneakers, I'm like, man, those are wild. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and more are coming because... Uh, I didn't talk about it earlier, uh, but we, we have like an upcoming uh, drop with uh, with 4X and uh, K was, uh, I think K is still uh, with us uh, right now uh, from 4X. And uh, yeah, we have an amazing collab with them uh, on, on which we are working with uh, two digital and one digital. And uh, and the physical one, the physical version, is uh, is almost ready in terms of uh, product development, and it's going to uh, to kill it. And, and when when do you plan on uh, dropping that? But we have to uh, uh, we have to discuss with uh, with uh, with Nicola about it. Um, so so yeah, I think it will be probably after uh, end of summer. Nice. It's like, um, yeah, it's going to be uh, to be very cool, and we have another one we are working on, and uh, it's, uh, it's the the theme is going to be uh, vegetal, and uh, it's also crazy amazing, and I I don't want to talk too much about it because it's uh, it's too early, but uh, yeah, you everyone will be surprised as well. We we try to. Uh, yeah, to push the limits every time, and and we like to work like to find like a, a theme, you know, something, and uh, like a strong theme that we want to explore, and uh, so um, so it's always exciting to work on a new design, and and to work in collabs, it's even uh, even more exciting because it's like we can share value and we uh, we can share ideas and to be very complimentary, you know? Yeah, so as like, uh, first, how's it going, Kay and Tom and uh, Maximilian? How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Oh, sorry, Toby, go first. I was, no, no, it's okay. I was just going to say I'm doing good as well, but yeah, crack on. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. You got a new uh, PFT there, Tom? Any, any what? You got a new profile picture there? Uh, yeah, it's Johnny Cook's NFT. Nice. I'm super excited about this project. Like, yeah, it's cool. it's insane. The stuff that he's spoken about on like Twitter talk uh, that he's been doing. But yeah, his his project is probably gonna be as as big in the future as like the rest of them. I think like yours and uh, Melons, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy and insane. You know. Yeah, I have to see. Um, I know I was looking at his collection the other day. I'll actually do it now. I need to get my my mouse back in my room because I had to switch the office for a little bit, but uh, it's cool what he's doing with with his IP of his phone and stuff. It's definitely kind of like in the forefront of uh, utilizing that IP. He's all he's also doing a load of 
giveaways with his uh, stuff that he does in the real world too. So the custom shoes he makes, uh, I think, I don't know exactly what he said, but he said something like, for the people that hold his NFT every every like week, every week he's doing like a giveaway with some really rare stuff that he's done, and he's got in his in his like uh, in his like laboratory that he's made. It's just ridiculous. But yeah, what I was gonna say, backtracking to what you were saying at the start about the spaces, though, is this is like one of the best ways to network with people who are in the industry that you'd never have a. a chance of speaking to before either like if i wasn't in the spaces i probably wouldn't have spoken to like joey or you or uh aurelia it's just it's just incredible these spaces i just want you to keep them going you know yeah definitely i think this is like week 35 or 36 that we've done this um so it's really cool and it's for me it's cool because like i come from like I've been in crypto for you know since 2017, and so I was big on like trading and stuff, and then eventually kind of went down the um, like art and profile picture type stuff. But I've always like you know had a passion for fashion <laughs> in real life. So to finally like you know working with I've been working with Futures since November, so it's been uh, I think nine or ten months now, nine months. It's been a long time actually. Wow. Um, you know, it's cool to see, like, a different side of, like, NFTs and stuff that, like, I hadn't experienced before. So, like, this has been such a learning process for myself, um, you know, because I come from, like, building communities on the PFP side of things. So, coming into, like, fashion and learning from a bunch of creatives, because I'm not a creator, I'm not a designer. I don't know, like, the specific technical aspects of, of certain things. Like, my knowledge is in, like, blockchain and, and crypto and stuff like that and IP um so it's been interesting for myself too like you know meet people like yourself and aurelia and you know melon's been in here john dean has been in here from renowned um i'm sure i'm missing like tons of people but uh you get the point like it, it's been a cool learning experience for myself also yeah i think it's, it's certainly gonna continue to grow i think and i think more young designers such as myself are gonna come into it because I know a load of uh, young designers currently who I speak to a lot. Uh, they don't really use the Twitter space much because they don't really find Twitter a platform to throw designs on and like like Instagram and stuff like that. But I think as this space grows with the sneaker stuff, where it's more of a conversation platform to speak about what's going on in the world of sneakers and stuff and to educate other people and to learn from other people too, it's going to pr- pretty much blow up. But yeah, we've got a long way to go, but we're, yeah. we're, we're in early. Well, it's funny you say that because like, I mean, you're right. A, a large portion of the like digital fashion and fashion world lives on Instagram. Um, so there'll, there'll be people who have 40,000 followers on, on Instagram and then, you know, they come over to Twitter and it's like a whole new world of just like a totally different audience that expects something totally different. Um, so it's cool to finally, you know, have those creators uh, coming over to Twitter because Twitter is very largely like a communication based social app where Instagram, not so much. Instagram's more of like, hey, look what I did. Um, Twitter's like, hey, look what I'm doing and let's talk about it. And especially with these Twitter spaces, like it's been great that be able to like communicate with people like i know they have like instagram lives and stuff but it's like text-based because um, you can't create a room where like multiple people 
well, not like like this many people can all talk at once. Um, and it's not so exclusive like Clubhouse where you're just speaking, right? Like there's, there's so much more that you can do. But it's also kind of funny in a sense too because we shit on Web2 a lot and <laughs> we use like a Web2 based platform to talk about Web3. Um, so at some point someone's got to <laughs> kind of change that. You know, I, I remember back in 2017, there was a platform called Steemit, which is like one of the first like social media platforms um, back back then. And then eventually they got uh, bought out by Tron. Um, and I think it's just kind of gone downhill from there. But it, it was kind of, I don't know, it was a weird platform. It was more like blog style type stuff. And then uh, you can like, I don't know, tip people <laughs> in the, like their native token or whatever. But what's up, Maximilian? Hey, I just wanted to chime in on what you were talking about because um, I know we love Web3, we love the chains, and it would be so sexy for us all to do everything on chain. And, you know, it's actually possible, you know, I could build a clone of Twitter and it could be on the blockchain. I could create a native coin and uh, every time that we use it, I could pay people a native coin and it could be a DAO and it could be very cool, you know, uh, but guess what? It would be really I find it would be really challenging to get all the people on Twitter to go to this new uh, blockchain Twitter, even if it was an exact clone, uh, unless all of us go, you know, um, it's just, it's kind of uh, challenging to get people to transport over. I've really been thinking about this, um, you know, but uh, the only thing I can think of that could make that uh, transition easy would be if, uh, if it was like some type of an integration at the beginning where it's like, if you're on the blockchain Twitter, then your tweets are pushed to your old account, you know, somehow integrating the Twitter API, maybe that could work. i am really been thinking about this, but um, it's one of those things where it would take a great deal of work just, you know, um, and it might take time for people to adopt. And by then, you know, Twitter will have come out with something cool, like, you know, Twitter smells and you can smell each other's food. And then, you know, the whole thing will have to get scrapped because we won't have Twitter smells. You know, it's, it's funny you say that. And that was kind of like back in the day when I used Steam as like, or Steam it. It wasn't uh, user friendly, right? So it's like creating a new social app has so many um, hurdles in itself from getting an audience. Like, I don't know if you remember, um, was it Vivo that was doing stuff for a minute or whatever that people went to for like five seconds. Um, and, you know, the problem is when you use Steemit was you get hit with like a seed phrase in, when you're creating an account, which is cool. Like, I get it. You know, you're kind of creating a, like an account and wallet in a sense. Um, but it's not user friendly to people who aren't Web3 native. So like the onboarding process is just kind of intimidating to people who are like, why do I have this crazy string of numbers and letters or hash codes and, and stuff that I have to store? And if I lose them, then it's lost forever. Like that's intimidating for a person. And I, I think that's kind of where uh, projects like Lutso come in, where they're kind of creating those universal profiles to make it um, easier for that onboarding process to where it's like you're interacting with blockchain without knowing you're interacting with blockchain. You know, I think until we get to that point, um, we're still just going to have that divide of communities and, and onboarding. One thing I think is interesting about the blockchain platforms is uh, I do see a lot of, um, you know, waves being made. Uh, just for anyone who, let me say, my name is Maximilian. Hi, sorry, just jumped in and started chatting. My name is Maximilian. I'm an NFT artist. I've been an NFT artist, DGEN, since February 2021. And um, I'm also, I'm an artist hacker. I was in Miami Hack Week, the last one. I was accepted into four hacker houses. I'm the real deal. I don't often share a lot of hacking stuff. If you look at my GitHub, it's pretty naked. But that's because I don't 
but where I want to play with the crayons and the fabrics and fun shoes. I don't really want to answer technical questions and get into all that stuff. So, um, but anyway, so that's a little bit of, of my background. But what I was going to say that uh, to the conversation was that um, I noticed there's a lot of integrations being created for developers to do stuff like Twitter sign-in for blockchain. So like that cool blockchain Twitter clone that I could build, you could use your Twitter to sign in, stuff like that. And then there's all these new blockchains like Sonar, who are and and I see these these chains that are creating identity that they're promising you can take across all the chains, and that would be cool because then you know um, it would just be a little bit easier for people. But one argument that I, that I have with myself is I don't know, and and I'll you know I'll just state state plainly how I feel today, and uh, I totally will flip and change my mind, and I won't I won't even be ashamed about it, uh, but. My real feeling is uh, I don't really support people opening blockchain wallets and not knowing what they're doing, because uh, that's not really um, that's not really us taking care of them. People who are dealing in blockchain, they, there's certain things they need to know. So uh, I I think that's like a a real concern. I I see it's going that way. It's great to have a mass adoption, but you know these people are going to become victims if they're not taught properly. And if nobody, if you're not forced to learn the boring stuff. Uh, people will just put it off to the side most of the time. Yeah, and you know, I, I started a um, kind of like a Web three hub here in, in Central Florida, and uh, we actually have an event tonight. And um, a lot of it is onboarding people in like our local area. So, which is like a task in itself because then, like you know, being one of like I kind of created the group, and then other people kind of ran with it to you know actually control it and do things, um, but. It's, it's extremely important for people to understand that, like, even creating, like, a centralized wallet, so even if I go to Coinbase, right, like, I always tell people, like, learn about what you're investing in first, learn about blockchain, learn about crypto, learn about NFTs or whatever, you know, route you want to go down before you even think about going to Coinbase and before you think about going to MetaMask and creating wallets and interacting with things because a lot can go wrong if you just, like, sign the wrong transaction, right? Like, you could just get everything just taken from you. And, that's what it's happened to, to several people here in our local area. So now <laughs> I probably shouldn't have given them my phone number, but now they all just call me and text me all the time being like, what do you think of this? And I'm like, oh God, don't get in trouble. Like, don't do that. <laughs> but it's like, you know, for us who have been here for years, it's a lot of it's just, we don't even really think about so much security stuff because it's just kind of ingrained in us and we're just kind of used to it. Um, so it, it is kind of like our duty as, as people who've been here for a while to, you know, kind of steer people in the right direction and, and provide, like, good resources for them. I like to say that it's our responsibility to create responsible, progressive denizens. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, let's see. So, yeah, I pinned up at the top uh, the, pa the pair of sneakers that she's did with us recently. Um, I actually wanted her to talk about her sustainability because I know some of you were in the room uh, earlier that we just had and uh, that was a topic that she wanted to discuss and I know she's passionate about uh, I myself am passionate about um, eco-friendly materials and, and uh, you know I'm conscious of my sustainability ethic as well like I run a project and we're partnered with the Oceanic Society uh, it's the longest running um, like ocean conservation nonprofit in the United States um, so yeah really if you want to kind of say a few words on that I'd, I'd love to hear your, your perspective on it Yes, it's always a work in progress, you know, and I think uh, things will get better and better uh, progressively. It's always a challenge to find uh, um, 
to source the right uh, um, sustainable materials, but uh, it's evolving. And uh, when you do, it's, it's what I, I was telling earlier, when you do uh, the physical, like some very simple uh, sneakers, like, uh, like Veja that are amazing, and, and, or Karnuma and this kind of brand, the, the sneakers are very simple. So it's, it's getting super easy now, even if it was challenging when they started to, uh, to find like uh, uh, sustainable materials. But as soon as you do very technical uh, shoes, as, as we do, it's really more complicated. For example, on our side, you see our signature is our bubble sole. And uh, unfortunately, it's not sustainable uh, yet. And we have been trying to do a lot of tests with uh, um, recycling, recycling bottles, this kind of thing, but it still doesn't work, but one day it will work. So until now, we have been working more with on the upper part to always uh, find like uh, uh, new materials and um, and also, there are also more, more and more options with recycled material. But sometimes it can be very limited because, for example, if you want to, to do like white shoes and with recycled rubber, the, the rubber is kind of yellow. So the result is not going to be uh, amazing. But I think if you do the things differently, like you, you check what exists, like in recycled material with like the colors and everything, you can try to make something with it, you know, and to do the opposite, not to say, oh, I have this design I want to find. It's like also check what you, uh, you can find and what you can do with this. So it's something we have been exploring. But it's really like a, a work in progress. And, and when I, what I said also is like sustainability is not only about sustainable material, it's also the way you act. Uh, because I, I was telling earlier that when you make physical shoes, there are like uh, defects, of course, because uh, when in a production and uh, what the, what brands do with this uh, with these defects and uh, and uh, when the, the shoes is assembled is assembled, it's uh, the shoes can be worn, you know. And on our side, what we do, we have a partnership with a charity organization close to our fulfillment center in Hong Kong, the Christian. Uh, uh, charity organization and we always like uh, donate our uh, defective shoes to them and uh, and once one brand uh, someone from a big brand said why do you do that because it's not good for your image to have like homeless wearing your shoes and I was a what I'm sorry but we are proud to do that what do you want to do you want to destroy them like most of the brands and uh, or to put them in a field like in Chile or something. It's, uh, it's awful. We should all do that. It's a good initiative. So I think it's something that is very important. It's not, uh, it's also about acting. Also, it's like on our side in terms of sustainability. It's like our, our, we only have one fulfillment center. So when people buy shoes, it's like automatically sent ship to them and when it's sent to like retailers is the same we don't have so many uh, we don't have like uh, uh, many uh, fulfillment centers that like where you have to ship uh, where the, the shoes are shipped everywhere to the the warehouse of the retailers and after to the customers and everything because we know that uh, carbon print is like uh, something also we have to be very uh, uh, very careful so it's uh, it's, it's it's more complicated than we think it's uh, it's not about only materials and, and, and design it's also about acting <laughs> how we act 
in this uh, in this society. Yeah, I agree. And you know, that's I, I know you do a lot with like vegan materials and stuff. And yeah, part vegan of is one thing, but vegan is not always sustainable. So, sure. but it's already like a good thing because now there are so many alternatives for uh, leather. You know, like synthetic mm -hmm. leather. There are apple leather. Uh, uh, pineapple, uh, like there is like a lot of things and it's amazing. There is this company, I don't remember the name, Kering uh, just invested in this company in San Francisco that does like a very specific uh, uh, material uh, that looks like uh, leather. And, uh, and I think it's amazing. We have some shoes, for example, when we do the, the collab with uh, Rico of uh, Fijitol, it's a Napa leather. And, and the leather is amazing. And, and some people thought we, we, it was real leather. And they were like, oh, we thought you were vegan. And we were, uh, yeah, we are vegan. It's a, it's a vegan leather, you know. So you are able to, to find exactly the same as the leather. So it's, uh, it's very important. And I think there are so many now good options. And uh, there is a cost because when you, uh, the, this all like sustainable material, like costs like uh, mainly often like 20 or 30 percent more expensive than uh, non-sustainable so it's very important so it's uh, it's uh, something that uh, we have to take in consideration but uh, i think we have to do it it's, uh, it's very important but i, I read recently in, um, in a report that uh, gen z like don't want they want to have like uh, sustainable like uh, products but they are not ready to uh, to, to pay more for sustainable products. And uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's in one way, one, one problem, but I think we have all to make, as a brand, have to make efforts uh, in terms of sourcing and buying. And, and, uh, and I think uh, que customers also have to do some effort as well because uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real uh, increase. Uh, in comparison with non-sustainable materials. So it's, uh, it seems a bit obvious to me that like the price can be a little bit uh, more expensive, but I think everyone has to do efforts on the brand uh, and also the suppliers have to be. I think the more they will sell and the, 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 the better the price will be. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting parallel between uh, industries. Like I come from the surfboard manufacturer industry also, and the sustainability is like a huge um, or has become a huge part of that where for years you're using um, you know like a polyurethane resins you're using epoxies um, and a bunch of other like viscous uh, like materials and, and stuff and like you're using regular glass which is um, you know from like sand and stuff but now they've kind of turned into a lot of like you'll have uh, the what they use to glass the board is like flax or they'll have bio resins um which is like naturally occurring resins or they'll have basalt which is like from basalt rocks uh but then it, it comes the argument which is kind of the same in like the footwear industry is like what's the most sustainable type of uh, of product right for in this case a surfboard or a sneaker is it the one that uses the more uh, sustainable uh in terms of creation of the uh of the materials used or is it the one that lasts longer, right? Because one can argue yes. that a, 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 a less sustainable material is going to be stronger and last longer, thus being in the long run a more sustainable product, right? So it's kind of you have to balance that. And also, I'm sure within like the footwear industry, 
and even in like you know the, the flax industry where making the flax uh, cloth for for surfboards is you have to factor in uh, the water consumption uh, of these of these materials also it's like okay in theory people use the word vegan and think it's sustainable but if you're using soy based or you know um I don't know, pineapple or, or whatever, bamboo, like a lot of those would just consume a lot of water. And then does it offset the sustainability just because an animal wasn't killed? Uh, and the, the same, yeah, the same for colorants and all these things is the same. So, uh, yeah, we, we see like a um, like lot of uh, difference. But uh, once again, I think sustainability is like, yeah, it's, uh, the, the, the objective is to, uh, to make efforts and to, uh, to always improve and uh, it's a work in progress and, and to be very transparent with our community about it is very important. And, and you said something super important with the fact that like uh, if we, are, we buy products that last longer, it's also a kind of sustainability because fast fashion is not really the case, you know, <laughs> it's like you use a product for a season and after you can throw it, the people can throw it or give it to someone or like to uh, to, to resell it but uh, if you do products that last longer it's uh, it's uh, even better and there is always some yeah, there is also something that um, I, yesterday i was contacted by a company it's a software company called reup and they are doing something very interesting it's like um, when you uh, it's, it's going to it's good to bring innovation when you are on a website and you buy your product, they, they tell you that uh, if you buy the product, you will be able to uh, resell this product through the, through the platform. So now brands can set up like a circular like a, a system flow. And uh, if someone buy a pair of shoes uh, after, they have the platform offering the, the customer to, uh, to, uh, to resell when they don't want the shoes, to resell the shoes on like, I don't know, the Real Real or uh, Poshmark, this kind of platform. And they, uh, they, they set up all the process for this to, uh, to, uh, to make things easier for the brand and for, uh, for, uh, for the customer. And I thought it was very uh, interesting and genius. Uh, the only thing I thought was probably a bit like risky, especially now, it's uh, because it it, uh, it uh, requests to have uh, to ship the products several times, so it's not the, the best thing is sustainability. And especially right now, we all know that uh, shipping costs have been crazy this past, uh, this past uh, 10 months. Totally. Uh, first, I'm gonna get to you in a second, Tom. I just wanna say hi to Johnny. Um, you have your, a bunch of, several people in here using your PSP and I love it. <laughs> How are you? Man, I'm good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm just uh, sitting here doing what I do all, every day in designing and learning 3D. But yeah, I just always love hopping in the conversation whenever you guys are having one. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, coming in. Uh, what's up, Tom? So I work for a company that does a lot of consumer fashion or consumer footwear. And talking about the con, con uh, what is it? sustainability, sorry, talking about sustainability. When these like consumer brands, which produce absolutely loads of shoes a year, then they're less concerned about the uh, sustainability of the shoe and more concerned about the cost because they need to make the uh, they need to make the correct profit margins on their shoe. So, is there any way that you can see a potential solution to bring down the cost of? Uh, the materials used for the consumer uh, 
per person because the average person isn't going to buy an expensive shoe that's got all the sustainable materials on. For instance, the new Nike Ispas or uh, the, the shoes that are being recyclable now are about £200 and like the shoes that we sell are about 24 so I'm I'm not I'm not interrogating you by any means but I was just wondering if you could see a solution in that realm of it uh, in the future at all I think the more uh, the more brands uh, source uh, sustainable material and uh, source and use sustainable material uh, the better the, the price will be and uh, I think it's uh, it's the thing that I see the most, but it's what I said before also, it has to be an effort um, from the brand about margin and, uh, and also an effort from the consumer to buy something maybe a bit more expensive, but that is sustainable. I think effort have to be uh, in both ways, you know, but it's true when you do a fast fashion, uh, it's kind of uh, tough <laughs> because it's, uh, it's, uh, it's probably not possible. But, uh, but except uh, if you see, like uh, I was talking about Karyuma and, and Veja, they are uh, almost, uh, like I think it's kind of 100, 120 or something like this. It's, uh, they, they, they are able to do like uh, amazing shoes. They are simple, but they are sustainable. Yeah, I think uh it's yeah it's 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 difficult obviously the problem's difficult but i think uh as you said as time moves on and materials develop i think it could be possible to reduce the carbon footprint but then you've got the problem of the factories that need to work with the stuff first too which is going to be like a completely different problem too because they're so used to doing what they normally do and create shoes with the normal materials that they have and then they have to change over to this new uh, material that might not work as well but that's just that's another problem for the future too Oh, Yasmin asked that thing, which is interesting. It was nice seeing you up here for a minute. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's interesting, Tom, you bring up the uh, the price of sustainable things. And it's the same thing in not even in just in clothing. Like, there's a surfboard company out of um, Southern California, and I think they're called, like, Ecotech or something like that, um, or Biotech. And they're really cool boards, but I've had people that have ridden them, and they just talk about um like the durability of them isn't isn't as good as like traditionally made surfboards um but he charges like two or three hundred dollars more per board than like a traditional board would be and that's not saying he charges more because it's like eco stuff but it's the fact that like uh more environmentally friendly uh ingredients and materials or whatever are just inherently more expensive which kind of skews everything, right? And it's like, for years we've been told that like leather is like the ideal type of material of durability and, you know, fashion and style and stuff. So why am I gonna go pay more for something that kind of goes against what I've been told for the past, you know, 50 plus years or whatever, you know, obviously fashion's longer than that, but uh, modern fashion, I guess you could say. Um, so yeah, it's pretty interesting. It will get better. There is also another subject is about like uh, production on demand, you know, like platform E, like in Portugal, they are doing a great job with this because uh, 
in the classic uh, manufacturing like uh, system is like uh, and we see that even with our factories that is amazing but they are they are not so modern and they uncraft everything and uh, and we really need to uh, it's like we always we always have like a minimum quantity you know of like 300 and we are always like trying to lower it saying you prefer to do more drops but with less quantity and all this thing and is the reason that when we do like uh, digital nfts pre-order and uh, and uh, and we are going to produce but to produce it we need to reach this minimum quantity so there is really like also problem here with most of factories but there are more and more especially in europe and portugal that i call like the future the factory of the future that are able to do like a smaller production and i think is the future is uh, i think the future is pre-orders and, and and also to have less quantity as a minimum quantity i think we shouldn't have a minimum quantity to produce and to be able to produce the number we need and this is sustainability as well totally and uh, welcome yasmin i didn't mean to bully you back up here no, no, actually, hi everyone. Um, and thank you so much for having for having me on in this space. Um, I couldn't hear I couldn't hear anyone speaking when I was on the stage, uh, so that's why I dropped my phone. So I thought I'd try again, and now I can hear everyone. <laughs> Amazing. How was um? You went to the event in New York for Fashion Dow, right? Yeah, yeah. How was it? I so I I came in. I didn't land it. So you had it. Was it Sunday? Right. I don't remember. I flew on Monday. To be honest, I don't remember. The, it was all a blur. Oh, it was. <laughs> I don't remember the day. <laughs> For the sake of this being recorded, we will not uh, re-go over my experience. Um, but yeah, I, I, I flew in the day after, so I wasn't able to make it, unfortunately. But oh, I wanted to go. Man. And I actually ran into James uh, from Clubhouse Archives. Uh, I ran into him when I was <laughs> cool. in line waiting, waiting for like a fabricant. No uh, way. Event thing. Yeah. And then like, it's funny because I got into the, the event and I was there for like 10 minutes and I get a text. And I'm like 30 minutes away from Ape Fest and everyone's like, hey, we're going in early because it's the last day. And like, that's the night that like Snoop Dogg and Lil Wayne and Eminem and everyone was there. <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, I guess I just stood in line for nothing, and oh, we gotta like yeah, hurry up and rush back. Um, but it, it was good. But yeah, if you, if you want to speak on, on that, that happened to me if you want to, it'd be cool because I, I missed it. Yeah, well, so. yeah, yeah. So, um, for I mean, there's so many members of the DAO in this audience. Hey, everyone. Um, so for members who are here, hi, and for people who don't know what the Fashion DAO is. Um, it is a collective of people in the fashion industry who are coming together to compile their knowledge and information and resources to support and help connect and collaborate with one another to promote uh, responsible and um, ethical adoption of blockchain technology in the fashion industry moving forward. So the fashion DAO stems from Twitter spaces. It was just a bunch of like, I got on Twitter spaces in January because I had, I was like, who am I going to talk with? Like, who can I talk to about these things? Like I had no one in my, in my near surroundings to talk with <laughs> about Web3, let alone fashion. So um, everyone kept saying Twitter, Twitter. So I joined Twitter and 
I I met so many amazing people in Twitter Spaces, um, and uh, yeah, we came together to form the DAO. Started three months ago, and in all honesty, at the time we started it, I didn't really know what a DAO was. I was like, I at first when I was Nico came up to me and was like, "Hey, do you want to be a part of this?" I was like, "What the hell is a DAO?" <laughs> like, so I like did the research and I was like, you know what, this is, seems cool. Like, let's try it. Um, I'm blown away by. Um, I'm so grateful for this experience because, I in in three months, like, just we have come so far as a group. Like, it started three months ago, and then we all came together. We have like so many committees now. There's uh, we have almost I think we have over a hundred members now. Started with like around ten, I think, like ten or between ten and I don't know the exact numbers, but it was pretty, like, um. It's grown substantially, and uh, we are currently, we have the tech committee, we have the finance committee, like, we have some, we have a lawyer, like, we have someone, Nico is a metaverse engineer, we have designers, um, it's really, like, we learned that we can't learn everything as one entity, like, you can't do everything alone, so through the fashion dial because in the beginning that's what I was trying to do and it was burning me out and you know it's like everyone has their their areas where they have more understanding and if you can learn from one another on that journey especially like as we're all learning about web3 um it just it it gives us a fighting chance especially with like people who have like lots of advertising money, lots of clout from social media, like um, DAOs are really like it, being a part of it. I understand the value of it so much. Um, and it's not even just in the fashion industry, like the infrastructure that's being built out now with this DAO format is going to revolutionize every industry going forward. As long as um, the narrative is maintained for um, decentralization of resources, equity, like um, power. Um, it's really a support system. So those of you who are interested in even just experiencing a DAO <laughs> and getting to understand a DAO more, um, we have an education committee in the Fashion DAO and the, the next initiative that we're going to do is start dropping educational programs and the first one is what is a DAO so if anyone needs um, any resources um, feel free to DM me or futures or Simo or Kay <laughs> um, and uh, yeah we can we can show you what we're doing uh, and if we have we can answer any questions you have to because Trust me, questions are normal. <laughs> questions are welcomed. <laughs> yes, especially when talking about DAOs. Um, I, I did have a question in, yeah. in terms of the fashion DAO and when it comes to proposals or it comes to voting and voting rights and voting power, yeah. um, how is that being exercised or are we not there yet? So that's a great question. And we're working, we're working towards that. So the tech committee right now is like deciding on what tools we're going to use like decentralized tools 
Um, this morning, I was actually in um, uh, a space called NFT for Freedom, hosted by a man named Steve Ryan. And he was talking about a tool called Social Connector, which is what he uses for his freedom tokens. So essentially what we're looking for, and, and when I say we, I'm talking about the industry as a whole. Like, like this is all being built in real time. So we're all just trying to figure out like what are the best ways to create governance for this kind of system that is truly decentralized or not, maybe not like fully, fully decentralized because there needs to be some like quantifying measures of energy input and output. So right now, a lot of the members in the DAO are contributing through time contribution, which is great, but we don't have a way to quantify that and quantify like the the energy exchange um, that's like the best way for me to describe it like that's how i look at it um so there are things we're looking into we're structuring dwork which is a decentralized platform um, that allows for like it's when i say decentralized i'm just talking about like transparent so like everyone can see who is doing what and like, it's like everyone can add and, and share. So we like record all of our video calls. We uh, share notes, like everything is public record. So there's like nothing that we do that is um, like, uh, like everything is decentralized. So anyone can access it. But we've also realized that people, people can't do everything. So that's where the committee structure came in. So we're, we're creating funnels right now to kind of like put people and people choose where their strengths are. And even you're welcome to join committees and contribute um, just to learn. Like you can listen in on committee meetings if you're interested about tech or you can listen in on committee meetings if you're interested about branding or marketing. So it's like um, you're not <clears throat> you're encouraged to contribute where your strengths are but you're not limited to just those areas. So um, with the educational programs, what we're going to do is create like, um, like so it, say I want to, for me, like I, I, I'm in the branding and marketing committees, but I'm really, I try to go to the tech committee meetings as much as possible just to listen in on I, like where we're at, like what tools are available, like, um, and we're going to create uh, uh, programs. So say I wanted to join the tech committee, I would go through like an intro program. Um, and once I finished that program, I would get a certificate and we decided we're gonna hand out certificates through POAPs. So we're going to create POAPs for committees and then those POAPs, once you go through that like 101 process of like, you know, what is a DAO? What is this? What is it? You know, even maybe for some people, like what is blockchain technology? You know, um, just really getting the 101s down. And um, we'll use the, the POAPs to quantify this. So, but we're still figuring out how to tokenize and quantify like contribution but um i mean we've come so far in three months like by this time next year i'm like i don't even know where all of us are gonna be <laughs> so 
I have a, another question. I'm full of questions today. Yeah, uh, yeah. In terms of DAOs, like obviously it creates a uh, decentralized autonomous organization where community members and committees kind of get together and, and work collectively in like a transparent manner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of collaborations uh, and not being closed off to other DAOs, I haven't, this is maybe just me, like I haven't seen it, but why wouldn't or how would it operate if like two DAOs in the same uh, industry uh, worked together, but are still, but still remain separate entities? So that is a fantastic question. And we have actually been approached to work with other DAOs, but um, what, so at the fashion DAO, there is a we have our, um, our values and our mission statement, and we have an application and interview process. So the difference between our DAO and like the red DAO, for example, um, is like um, our values and our vision. So what makes the DAO strong is that all of the members are collectively working towards the same thing. So for us, the general umbrella is maintaining the narrative of like inclusivity, um, uh, decentralization, sustainability, um, community. Um, like we we have like we have these we have these values within our group, and uh, some of. I mean, it's not to say that we can't work with other DAOs, of course, but we work with individual members. So, so everyone has their own business. Oh, most people in the DAO have their own businesses and projects that they're working on, but they are part of the DAO as a as a representative as them. Like they are representing them. So, being part of the DAO, it's more so individuals rather than it's it's like a it's a support network. So everyone's still working on their own businesses, but um, we're coming together to uplift one another. I see. And yeah, that makes sense. Cause I know I'm uh, technically I'm in it from my personal thing, not with futures. Um, but <laughs> I do it more just to kind of, um, you know, obviously I'm interested in, in what the fashion DAO is doing and it just sucks at a point like I can't contribute so much, but it's good from a knowledge base, which I think is important too uh, for a lot of people um, just because I'm like drowning as it is in everything else I'm doing. Because outside of futures, like I run a dev studio, I run an NFT project. Um, if some of you are familiar with my personal one, apparently I just started a cult. Um, that, was an, that was an accident and uh, here we are. <laughs> um did, did you see that by chance no but i oh think like a lot of us are like really uh, on like borderline culty like narratives yeah. <laughs> so oh, i so think like, the whole community is just like how do we make yeah. this not sound like a cult <laughs> oh well so i i made a collection as a joke called uh, the swole luxo bags cult um and i i sold 100 in like 40 minutes they were all free so um and it's actually as a joke too on OpenSea. i have like one percent royalties so i always joke that like we've traded like three and a half eth in secondary um is it really I, yeah yeah that's so dope oh my god i love that um, so i i told everyone that um 
the $36 that we made in royalties, I'm going to do a pizza party <laughs> for everybody. Oh, and that we're going to, we're going to have a swole fest, but it's going to be inside of Ape Fest <laughs> and it's going to be free food and free drinks courtesy of Ape Fest. But you just have to like figure out how to get yourself in because I can't get a hundred people in. Um, it's kind of cool too, because we, we have like 85 holders, which is fantastic for a hundred piece collection. Like it's really spread out. Um, so it's just really fun. Like I'm actually hosting an event downtown Orlando today and like spotty Wi-Fi is going to be rapping there. Um, Cat5 is going to be DJing. And um, I have a table for the cult and I made some stickers and stuff and um, it's going to be really funny. But yeah, I accidentally started that because I told people one day to like change their PFP to my ape and then like a bunch of people did it and then we just ended up making a collection out of it. And now we just kind of raid Twitter spaces. Like we had a, a cult space on, on Monday and uh, there's somebody called the Swole Father, and he goes and does like all these like cult chants, and he has the Swole Mandments and everything. Um, and then we listen to like an hour long podcast about Heaven's Gate, which is like one of the most iconic cults in, in the United States. Um, and so it was wait, kind of like, a, are you a cult? You know, oh, we're definitely a cult. Yeah, we're one of the few cults that like call themselves a cult because I don't want people to be surprised. Like the worst part of joining a cult is finding out it's a cult when it's too late. So I want people to know like what they're getting into. <laughs> Um, but it, it's fantastic. So yeah, Swole Luxo Bags Cult. Um, if you go to my Twitter, I'm sure you'll see it's it It's called there. It's really... Swole Luxo Bags? Yeah. So... Oh, wait, are you part of the Luxo ecosystem? I am, yeah. Oh, that's so dope. I did not know. Oh, those people are fantastic. I, I, I know. I spend a lot of time with them at NFT NYC. Like, yeah. I... You probably I met have... Kriegel. He's a good friend of mine. Oh, yeah, I know Kriegel. Yeah, he's yeah. a good friend of mine, too. <laughs> yeah cool. that's so funny the world is i mean i guess twitter world is so small <laughs> <laughs> i um here I'm, I'm trying to find the stickers i posted so that uh here i'll paint to the top if you want a good laugh um and then in the link in my bio is like a link to the collection um it's kind of funny i enjoy it <laughs> um but yeah like they've made such crazy like all the art and everything has been like completely community driven um, so everyone's just kind of run with it. And I'm just kind of like the face of it. Uh, everybody else is spreading the good word of Swole. And like, I don't have to. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> it's been really cool. I think I could be following that. That's so maybe I'm um, part of the I think you follow. I think you follow, I think you follow me. Um, I, I think so. It's up to the top. I pinned it. Oh, okay. I was like, how do you spell Swole? S-W-O-L-E. Luxo. Okay, cool. Um, but it's really hilarious. It's it's. Been, I'm it's already been... following you. Oh my god, I'm part of the cult and didn't even know it. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. We have like 80 people people in like a Twitter DM chat and uh, or 75, I think is the max. And um, all day that thing is just going off, and they're like, "We are swole." <laughs> it's like have a swole morning. Can you can can we be added, or do you have to have it be a holder to be added? Um, so we're we're maxed out in the room now, but yeah, you have to be a holder uh, to get yeah, into into the room. Um, but if you follow the swole father, <laughs> which I think is like at swole cult, um, they post like all like you know the imagery and stuff that we do, uh, and then we do like Twitter Spaces usually at night on Eastern Time Zone, um, like. I, I wish I'll send you a picture later in a DM, but there was probably like 40 people in a room and all of them had my PFP of my ape. <laughs> it was like the funniest thing. And like, we'll go into spaces and people would be like, why is there so many swoles? Because everybody changed their name to swole. <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, so it's just the name. That's how you enter the cult. 
Well, so no, you buy that you buy the token uh, in, from the collection at OpenSea. Um, yeah, I'm the token too. Yeah, and then um, you know anyone could join the cult if you can't like you know buy it or afford it or whatever. Like everybody's always welcome, but as far as like entering the group chat, like you have to have the token. Um, but yeah, we always welcome new people to indoctrinate. And uh, if you ever need to be initiated, the Swole Father has a full-on initiation and the Swole Mammoths that he will give you. Um, He's fantastic. I'm reading his bio right now. I am Swole. You are Swole. We are Swole. This is the way. (laughs) W-H-E-Y. And then at once, every time we say this is the way, uh, everybody goes, everybody. Sorry, my headphones died. Uh, Everybody says, after they say this is the way, everyone says protein. (laughs) But Uh, it's funny because, like, the cult isn't just, uh, like, swole physically. Like, we do a lot of, like, like, uh, metaphysical being swole. Like, um, you know, it's all mental. Like, we do meditation sessions. We do physical workout sessions. We do uh, sound baths um, in in our spaces. Uh, uh, So we do a lot of, like, energy work and stuff, too. So being swole is not just physical. It's also mental and and metaphysical. That is so beautiful. It's amazing. I'll contact the swole brother. That's ran ran by – so that's actually funny, too, because somebody else did that. I didn't do that. That's, like, community ran. (laughs) I don't even have the access to that page. so dope. Um, so yeah, feel free to just DM me if, if you have any actual questions. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, that's right. fantastic. Well, uh, thank you for talking about the fashion DAO. Uh, it's been yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I, I think even myself got a lot of insight on, on the inner workings on what's exactly going on and, and like your mission with that, um, and that you're a part of. So I, I appreciate that. And Maximilian, it's been great to hear from you, Tom, Johnny, uh, Aurelia from Shoes. Uh, you guys have been awesome. So Thanks, everyone, for joining today. I've had a long day. I've been up since 5 a.m. I got a phone call at 3 a.m. that my grandfather was going to the hospital. Then I've been in meetings from 5 to 11. Then I've been in Twitter spaces from 11 to now. And then I have the event downtown tonight for like four hours. So I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> but I... I was sending love to your pop. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate it. Uh, he's in surgery now. So hopefully he will be okay. But I will spread the word. Um, but yeah. Thank you is guys. He, is so he getting? Is he getting? Is he getting swole? I hope so. He's gonna come out super swole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so it's so funny. We were in a space the other. We were in a space the other night, and this guy's like, "Oh, hold on, my parents are like sleeping, and I have to walk by them." And I told him, I said, "Wake them up and ask them if they're swole." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh my god, no." <laughs> uh, it was really funny, but um yeah thank you guys so much we do this every week same time i'm trying to work out uh doing like once a week maybe on the weekend or so so other people can jump into spatial with us and just kind of kick it and not really have an agenda or anything and just kind of hang out i think would be a lot of fun uh we did it with shoes uh, about a week or two ago and i think it was a great time so we're kind of working on that too once i get that all set up I'll, i'll spread the word along um but yeah I will uh, chat with you guys next week and uh, we'll be in touch soon. So thank you guys so much for taking the time to, to chat with us today. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.